0: Let us pray. God, you speak plainly to us, showing us something of your love for us, that we might hear that love and respond with joy and with peace. Help us in hearing these words to more and more share joy and peace in all of our life. Amen. Lent is a, a challenging time, especially for us today. Because wherever you look, whether in bookstores or on social media or on television, uh, we are bombarded with messages of self improvement. You can go into a bookstore and find, you know, the seven steps for a better you or 40 ways to live a happier life or the 13 secrets to whatever. That these are uh, in the spirit of this moment is this idea of self improvement. And it is tempting, of course, to want to be the best version of ourselves. And it is comforting to believe that if we just knew the right formula, if we just had those seven steps, or those 13 secrets, or those 40 tips, that then everything would come together. It's comforting to know that if we just could get it right, everything would be okay. But there's, a, of course, a toxic side to a constant message that we can be better, And that's the message that who we are right now is not good enough. That every message saying that we can be a better version of ourselves is also a message saying that who we are now is not okay. That every version saying that we could be uh, better looking or thinner or prettier or smile more or wiser is also a message that attacks our own image of ourselves as we are right now. And so in this moment, Christians practice A season of fasting and repentance called Lent. We remember Jesus's 40 days in the wilderness. We remember how God led God's people for 40 years through the wilderness and that there is something waiting on the other side. For Jesus it was the beginning of his ministry as he showed the people how to live the way of love, as he proclaimed joy and peace. For the people of God at the end of their journey in the wilderness it was a promised land, a land of freedom and of justice. And so for us, for Lent, Lent is about preparing our hearts and our lives for something that is coming next. The new thing that God is doing in our midst, where God will raise Jesus to new life and restore the creation. But first, we must take time to repent, to fast, to wrestle with what's going on in our lives. And so it is tempting, in a moment that is all about self-improvement, for the followers of Jesus to treat Lent as just another way uh, to practice self-improvement, to take Lent as a time that this is the Christian way where we try to make ourselves better. It's tempting for us then to use uh, Lent as a time to give up chocolate or to give up um, other things that uh, fit with the narrative of society of self-improvement. And to miss the point of Lent which is not about us trying to, by our own efforts, become the best versions of ourselves, but God, by God's own efforts, in and through Jesus Christ, claiming us in the Holy Spirit to transform our lives. So it is not the fruit of Mitchell, or the fruit of Nokomis United Church, or the fruit of Knox United Church that produces uh, self-improved people, but it is the fruit of the Spirit that is love, joy, peace, Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control. And so when we practice Lent, a holy Lent, not a Lent of self improvement, but a Lent of a fruit of the Spirit, then what we're doing is something that is very countercultural. It's very different than the world around us. And this connects to me with uh, one, this part of Jesus' message to his friends to his disciples. He speaks sometimes in confusing ways, um, and the disciples even comment about this, that when, when he finally says something clearly, they say, finally, uh, you make sense, Jesus, um, which I think is comfort to preachers everywhere, that the disciples themselves were amazed when finally Jesus made sense. Uh, but the, what he says is interesting, is that uh, while the world rejoices, you will grieve, he tells to his disciples that there is a tension between, even at the very beginning of the church, there is a tension between how the Christians will behave and how the world will behave. And so while the world is rejoicing, Jesus' followers will be grieving. Now, he was speaking in this, most likely about his crucifixion, that at a moment when uh, it seemed like the world and its servants, the Roman Empire, were getting exactly what they wanted, the Christians would be mourning the loss of their friend but he's also I think speaking about an eternal truth that to live the way of Jesus is at times to be at odds with the world around us. It's not to be conformed to the world but to by living uh, the way of Jesus and bearing the fruit of the spirit to transform the world around us. And so this means not to be caught up in the spirit of this age of self-improvement, a spirit of this age which tells us always that we aren't good enough, and we just need to do something different and better and hard, try harder to reject that spirit and to hold only to the spirit of God and to live out the fruit of that spirit of love and joy and peace. Jesus goes on further to say, I have overcome the world. And there, there is a temptation as Christians as well to go too far the other way and to say that we are better than the people around us that we have the only way of truth, that we're the ones who live the truly good lives. There's a temptation to say um, that when we hear Jesus saying, I have overcome the world, to think that means that we should either seclude ourselves away, withdraw from the world around us, or to take a stance of superiority, that we have all the answers, that we have overcome the world and not Jesus has overcome the world. So if the one temptation is to conform ourselves to the pattern of this age, to become the world, then the opposite pattern is to reject the world. But that's not what Jesus says. In the midst of this, he says that he came to the world. Last week in Bible study, we talked about, uh, again from the Gospel of John, how Jesus came into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world for God so loves the world. And that we reflected on this pattern of love, that to bear the fruit of the spirit that is love, uh, is in some way to reflect on who and what Jesus does in us and for us for the sake of the world. And so it's the same thing, I think, in this speech that Jesus gives us, again from the Gospel of John. He has overcome the world, yes, but first he came into the world, and the Gospel of John says that he came into the world out of God's love and not to judge but to save the world. And so I think that for us as Christians then, Lent is not about conforming ourselves to the pattern of the world and making this a time for Christian self-improvement, as though Lent were, you know, 40 days to a better you. But nor is it to say uh, it's a time for withdrawal and saying that the world doesn't matter because we have everything we need right here. Instead, it's to follow the way of Jesus, to go into the world as Jesus goes into the world, and to seek to save the world as Jesus seeks to save the world, and to recognize that Jesus is not just at work here this morning in our church. Nor is Jesus only at work down the street at Trinity Lutheran or in other towns at Christian churches, but that Jesus is at work in all kinds of ways, some of which might be the ones that we least expect that Jesus is at work in people very different than you and me who live the way of love and joy and peace. And so wherever we see the fruit of the Spirit being born forth, wherever we see love, wherever we see joy and peace, wherever we see patience and kindness and goodness and the rest of that long list that by the end of this Lent we'll all have uh, down pat, that wherever we see that fruit being born, there we see God at work. And so when I see people very different than me, being loving and joyful and peaceful, patient and kind and good and faithful and self-controlled and gentle, when I see people doing that, I know that God is at work in their lives and in their community. And so I say to the temptation to Uh, reject the world and pretend that we are superior I say no That that is not the Christian way it is not the Christian way to think that we are better or that we have the only answers or that we are the good ones and everyone else should just become like us and in the same way when I hear the temptations to treat Lent or Christianity as just another self-improvement movement to just another uh, way to judge ourselves and one another just another way to try to make ourselves better because we're not good enough today, I say that that is also not the gospel. The gospel is good news. And it's not good news to hear that we're not good enough to be loved. It's good news to hear that God loves us exactly as we are, that God loves us in spite of our mistakes because we all make mistakes. And God loves us just as much and nothing Nothing can separate us from that love of God made known to us in Jesus Christ. And so, when we hear this speech from Jesus to his friends in the Gospel of John, when we think about what it is to bear the fruit of the Spirit in our time, fruit of joy and peace, I hope that we take to heart what it is that Jesus says. He says that sometimes life is like uh, a person who is about to give birth. She is in pain, uh, but soon her life will be touched with joy. And it's the same thing with our lives as the church, that we might be grieving and we might be in pain, uh, but there is something coming in us and through us that will bring joy, joy not just for you and for me, but for all the world. And that the world around us will know trouble and will know pain and strife. But there is a peace within us, a peace that in our words and our deeds we must proclaim and bear witness to, the peace that comes from Jesus Christ, the peace that Jesus wins for us on the cross and shows us in his resurrection, the peace of Jesus Christ that we are called to live and to share. And this week especially, the world needs peace of every kind. The world needs to see the fruit of joy and peace in a time that is marked by violence, is marked by hatred, is marked by all kinds of evil. The world needs people of joy and peace today. And so my prayer for us is this, that we might more and more this season of Lent hear the words of Jesus Christ spoken into our hearts and in our deepest selves, we might know that we are called to be a people of joy and of peace. Amen, and thanks be to God.